Hey, just a quick note before we start today's episode, I'd love your help. The only way this podcast can be nominated for a Best of Madison is if I get a couple of seconds of your time. Really simple. This month, you can nominate the JonCast podcast for Best of Madison simply by going to my Facebook. I've got the link right there in the last few posts. It's on my Twitter account too. If you scroll around, you'll find it. Go to the link. Go click down on Arts and Entertainment. Fill into local podcast, John Cast Podcast. That's J O N C A S T space podcast. Enter email. It takes like 10 seconds. You can nominate this podcast for the best of Madison now through February 28th. Only way it happens, I'm telling you, literally, the only way it happens is if you take 10 seconds a day to do it. Really simple. Once again, all the info at the John Cast Podcast. It's on my Facebook. I've, I'm going to link uh, in the episode description as well, step by step of what you got to do. Really appreciate it. Okay, enough of me talking. Let's get to the episode. Welcome in. It is the John Cast Podcast. Thank you for joining the podcast. I really do appreciate it. And this podcast is always brought to you by Ian's Pizza in Madison. They have three locations in Madison. They have three locations in Milwaukee. They're in Seattle. They are in Denver as well. They've always got specialty slices of pizza. I miss the chicken pot pie pizza, which was a while ago. Uh, and that sounds amazing. But like I said, they're always coming up with something different. I had the chicken and waffles the other week there. It was really, really good. But all the pizza is really, really good. You can go classic pepperoni, sausage, you can go mac and cheese. But like I said, specialty pizza, it is fantastic. Ian's Pizza, thank you for them for sponsoring this podcast. And like I've been saying for a while, watch out for our next promotion. Check out johncastpodcast.com. Sign up for my newsletter. I'm not going to spam you, but I'll let you know when we have cool promotions with like my partners at Ian's Pizza. And also johncastpodcast.com. You can check out some t-shirts there I've got for sale. And as always, a rate and review on Apple, on Spotify. It takes like 20 seconds. I would really, really appreciate it if you enjoy this podcast. That really does help support this podcast. Just go, you know, give it five stars or four. I mean, whatever you're feeling, I'm not, I don't want to put any pressure on you. Well, today's guest is a former NFL running back and a member of the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame. You can hear his football opinions with former Green Bay Packers, Amon Green and Gilbert Brown on the Green and Gold G Lounge podcast. I'd like to welcome in Dorsey Levins to the John Cast podcast. What's going on, Dorsey? John, what's up, man? Hey, you doing? I, I'm doing great. I appreciate you uh, joining the podcast. What keeps you busy these days? Oh, man, the podcast, the Green and Gold G Lounge with myself, uh, Amon Green and Gilbert Brown. Uh, that keeps me busy. I have an eight-year-old son uh, who keeps me really, really busy. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm teaching spin class here six times a week in Atlanta. Okay. So I, I know we were trying to set this up and you're like, I can't do it this day. I've got spin class. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, who's crazy enough to want to sign up for a spin class okay. with a former NFL player? Like you've got a different level, a different motor. What What is a spin class like for you? It's real laid back, man. It's real chill. I'm not, okay. I'm not, I'm not Dorsey Levins, a football player. I'm Dorsey Levins, a spin instructor. Oh, okay. So before every class, I say, listen, this is the judgment-free zone. Do what you can until you can do more. If you got to sit down, take a break, towel off, get some water, whatever you got to do to make it, it's cool with me. Because I don't have to drag you out of here. So if you need to take a break, take a break. Very cool. Gilbert Brown ever go to one of those spin classes? We don't have a bike big enough for Gilbert. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know you guys love to give each other crap on the, the Green and Gold G Lounge podcast. Um, man, what was it like playing with Gilbert? Man, he's such an outgoing personality. Has such an outgoing personality. Man, it was fun. Man, all the guys, especially uh, the defensive guys, were always the fun guys to, to mm. hang around. They always seemed a little more loose, uh, maybe because you know defense is so reactive, right? You yeah. just got to go to the ball. And I know it's not that simple, but I think offensive guys are, are more thinkers. So we're not as, I don't know, not as loose because we got so much running through our minds and the defensive players. But, man, our defensive, man, those guys were hilarious the whole time I was in Green Bay. Yeah. No, that's a good point about defensive players versus offensive players because you guys are like, you've got the play coming in, which, by the way, you know, you hear an NFL play and to the average fan, they're like, I have no idea what's happening. You said a bunch of words and a bunch of numbers, but you got to know what all those words and numbers mean. Right. And then you got to, you know, but like you said, defensive players, like obviously they have their defensive schemes. Right. But they just the main job is go stop the guy with the ball. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, yeah, they can kind of relax a little bit. Whereas, like you said, we have to know what we're doing, what the guys around us are doing, you know, those plays. The verbiage in the NFL offense is like a new language, right? You just got to learn a new language. And then once you learn it, it makes a lot more sense than when you don't know, when you don't know it. How long does it take to learn something like that? As, a, as you're a rookie coming into the league and you've got all these new things to learn, does it, I mean, obviously it depends on your level of commitment and everything like that too, I, I, I guess. But how long does it take for, how long did it take you? Uh, you know, it. so after we got drafted, we get the playbook right, right, right then and there. And then... Mm -hmm. We had to stay in Green Bay, but we had our playbooks. So we had from April until July to study the plays. You know, you know, the biggest thing I think at first is just going to learn the formations. Mm -hmm. You got to know where to line up first. If you don't know where to line up, the rest of it doesn't make any, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So you, you learn where to line up, uh, and you just it's just it's it's a it's a it's a memory game. You got to remember mm -hmm. all your plays. Yeah, you played two years with Amon as well, who you do the the podcast with. Do you, do you kind of sometimes take some credit for the help that you gave him as a young running back? Because I heard, like, was it Ricky Waters said, hey, watch out, this guy's coming up. And then later on, you're like, man, I wish I wouldn't have helped him so much. But in a joking <laughs> way, in a joking way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, I, I I did help him out. You know, I mean, he's he's he's, he's a tremendous talent. So I can't take credit for anything he's, he did on, he did on sure. the field. I helped him out with the mental side of it. You know, the part that we talked about, learning the plays, learning the schemes, uh, defensively and what your offensive line is supposed to do on every single play. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so no, the story goes, I was talking to Ricky after we retired, you know, we were hanging out just talking and he said, uh, I said, Hey man, Amon told me that he tried to ask you for some help at practice. And he was like, man, you better get in the playbook. I ain't, the playbook is right there. You better go look in it. I'm not looking at it. And I was like, Rick, it's, it's as simple as going, Hey man, you got this on this play. He was like, man, listen, dude was nice. And once he figured it out, Somebody was going to be in trouble. And then I thought about it. I was like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have helped them out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, but obviously everything worked out for you, Packers uh, Hall of Famer. Uh, and now the Green Bay Packers. I'd love to get your thoughts on the current, or we don't know what the current roster of the Green Bay Packers is going to look like because they have the biggest question mark they've had since Brett Favre um, left the team and, and they traded Favre to the Jets. So I ask you a two-part question because Aaron Rodgers is owed like, what, $60 million this upcoming season. There's talk about that he will no longer be a Packer. So what do you what should the Packers do with uh, with Rodgers, rather? And what do you think the Packers will do 
with the whole Rodgers saga? Uh, you know, I I don't know what they should do. I'm not in the building. I don't know the, inter- the intricacies of what goes on. Um, mm-hmm. But he's he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a Super Bowl winner with the Packers. Obviously, at some point in time, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to part ways. But um, it's it, it's quite a dilemma, you know, because part of it too is, you know, when you want to win, the teams that are that that are successful or have been successful recently are the teams with young quarterbacks, where the uh, front office can spend money in other places. When you have so much money committed to the quarterback position, you really can't upgrade a whole lot of other positions. So that's one part of it. Um, and Jordan Love, I mean, very limited action. He did look, he looked good when I saw him play. Yeah. So that's another thing. But man, it's uh I, man, I don't know. It's always a soap opera in Green Bay during the offseason, right? Yeah. Even absolutely. when Favre was there, it's just that's that's, <laughs> that's the way it goes. It's like the young and the restless. It, it is. And they're they were about the same age. I think Rodgers is 39. I think Favre was 38. But that's that's tough because you talk about young quarterbacks, and I I totally understand that. But even when Favre left he had a great season with the jets before he got an injury then he had an outstanding season with the vikings almost took them to a super bowl tom brady was old and they said hey enough of that and he threw for 43 touchdowns or whatever and won a super bowl even last year's brady at 44 i think he had 25 touchdowns and nine picks and he was like that's a bad year and everyone's like what's wrong with brady when you know half the league would say i would love those stats for our quarterbacks so i feel like they're kind of screwed no matter what right like Aaron Rodgers still has half a decade left in him, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, and 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 that's the dilemma, you know. And and for Aaron, does Aaron want to change the pace? Does he want a new a new, you know, a change of scenery? Yeah. You know, just sometimes that lights fires in other guys when you leave a place you've been comfortable with, and you get outside your comfort zone, and now you got to prove yourself someplace else. So, uh, I don't know. Just tune into the young and the restless, and we'll we'll find out what happens. <laughs> It just seems like if they if they keep him and they try to reload and it doesn't, you know, result in this, it's like Super Bowl or bust almost. Like if they don't make it to a Super Bowl, they're going to say, well, maybe we should have went to Jordan Love. But if they get rid of him and he goes out and throws 40 touchdowns, which I think he will, like oh, yeah. if he gets in the right situation and puts talent around him, he's going to throw 40 touchdowns and 4,500 yards and he's going to be an MVP candidate because he's still that good in my opinion. Then you're going to say – Oh, well, maybe we shouldn't have got rid of him. Like it's it's almost like a no win for them because it's either you win a Super Bowl and oh, it's the right decision because anything other than that it is not. But here, I want to share something with you. Uh so I put out on my Twitter account. Uh you can follow me at Twitter. It's on the screen if you're watching on Spotify or on YouTube at John Audius Radio. That's my main uh Twitter question uh Twitter account. Um so my Twitter poll was this. Who do you want to be the Packers quarterback next season? Does it surprise you? Now, these are just Twitter respondents on my dorky Twitter. But 70% of those who responded to my poll question said they wanted Jordan Love next season. 70%. And I saw that. I was like, you better be careful what you wish for. Yeah. You know, if uh, even last, last summer and a little bit the summer before that, I thought uh, the sentiment in Green Bay was was going in the other direction. I think people, uh, some people consider Aaron a, a whiner, and and they just weren't happy with him. You know, everywhere I went in Green Bay, how do you feel about Rodgers? You know, I, you know, I'm not gonna say anything bad about Rodgers. I, you know, I get it. You know, it is what it is. Um, but 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 I think the consensus around the state is that they're kind of sick of the song and dance. 
everything yeah. that goes on along. He's a great talent, obviously, but the other stuff that comes along with it, I think some people are ready to move on. I think you hit it right on the head. I think that's the main thing. They're just fatigued with the the drama and and Aaron Rodgers and because sometimes I mean he'll he's tricky with what he says. Like he'll say something sometimes, and like you have to decipher like was he trying to take a shot at that? Like I remember a few years back before they kind of mended their relationship before the MVPs, he was asked about you know, players or whatever. And he'd be like, my job is the quarterback. That's their job to do that. And I always thought like, well, why are you, that's weird. I've never seen, I've never heard you say like, I'm just the quarterback. They're the front office. And then you find out there's that there's a rift there and he wants a little bit more input. Uh, even the, the COVID thing, you know, he's a, a, immunized, you know, he didn't, he kind of just played with words. So I don't, I, I try to sometimes you try to read the tea leaves with Aaron Rodgers. I don't even know what he's saying sometimes. <laughs> and maybe, maybe it's, it's that, that fatigue that you're talking about that people are like, oh my gosh, let's just get somebody who wants to just play football and is excited about it, you know? Yeah, and, and and that's by design. You know, I think to a certain yeah. extent too, he has to try to stay politically correct. Um, and at the end of the day, John, if we're being, we're keeping it 100, yeah. guys can't say what they really feel on, on TV and in interviews. You, you, you'll, get, you, you'll get part of it, but the conversation they have once that camera's off with their homeboy back at home, that's the real truth. That's the story you're going to get. And you just can't, they can't do that because you think people are mad now. Imagine mm. if he told you how he really felt. Mm. No, that's yeah. a great point. Yeah, the whole state would be up in arms. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're right. And that's kind of, I've always thought that was so weird because we're always like, they don't say, athletes in general, they don't say anything. But then when they say something and they actually tell you how they feel, then you go, well, you're not supposed to tell me how you actually feel because now it causes all this. It's like athletes sometimes are in a no-win situation. You either give a cliched answer or you say how you really feel. But if you say how you really feel, people say, well, you can't say that. Yeah. And, and, and most coaches, we all have those meetings. We have team meetings every single day when NFL. Yeah. They tell you, watch what you say. We don't need extra drama. On top of what's going on, we, we got enough challenges on the football field. We don't need to deal with stuff in the media or outside, you know, outside those those white lines. So keep your comments bland, uneventful. You know, as coaches always say, we don't want bulletin board material. You saw what happened last week when the mayor referred to Cincinnati or, or Arrowhead as Burrowhead. Right? <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. you just give it, you give an extra fire to the Kansas City Chiefs. We don't need any more fire or fuel, right? Just stuff like that. That's what coaches try to avoid. Mm -hmm. Just shut up. Just yeah. don't say anything so there won't be any issues. Uh, I also had another Twitter poll question earlier about Rodgers. And I asked, what happens? Does, does he play in Green Bay? Does he play somewhere else? Or the wild card here, Dorsey, does he retire? 42% said that he'll play in Green Bay. About 29% said somewhere else. And about that same number, 29% said he'd retire. That's almost three in 10 Packers fans thinking he might just walk away at the age of 39. And so I ask you, is it crazy to think, because we just talked about Tom Brady still excelling at the age of 44 and, and maybe beyond, does he does he walk away from this? I would say absolutely not. Okay. Uh, he still, he might be a little past his prime, but not far past his prime. You know, he can't move as fast. He's, he's not as agile as he was a few years ago, but that arm is still a rocket. He's yeah. still very he's a very smart quarterback. He understands defenses. Um he's got yeah, he's got at least at least another 5 good years in him. Yeah. I I I agree with you 100%. Like I think it would be really I don't I think he'd probably look back and say 
if he did walk away, dang it, why did I walk away? There's, you know, tens of millions of dollars, you know, if you want to look at it from a financial aspect. Plus, you'll never be able to come back and do that thing that you love. So you might as well keep doing it as long as you can. But at the same time, like, you know, he goes on these ayahuasca trips. He's, you know, very, you know, changed, I guess, from that a little bit. I could see him saying, I just want to just walk away and do other things. Like I could see part of that, but that's a rare thing for, for an athlete, isn't it? To Barry Sanders walked away, right? When he still had a lot of good years left in him. It, it doesn't happen very often, especially not in football when, you know, the next play could be your last. Yeah, basically just the guys in, De in Detroit it happens to, right? Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. <laughs> Calvin Johnson. Right, yeah. just, just the guys. There's like, you know, this is enough. This losing, I just can't, I can't take it anymore. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> You know, it, it, if he walks away, I'd be surprised, but also wouldn't be surprised if he if he does what a lot of quarterbacks do, Tom Brady, Brett Favre, call it quits, and then come back. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a possibility for sure. He might even, like, take a year. Like, I could – oh, wow, I never thought about this. But I could see him, like, just saying, enough of the drama, I'm done. And then he's at 40 years old, and he's like, okay, I guess I kind of want to do it again. And he would be right back in it. And if he kept himself up, he'd be just as sharp and just as – just as uh, you know, deadly, I guess, uh, as a quarterback. But it's not just Aaron Rodgers, though, in Green Bay, right? It's uh, I was reading about this and Aaron Jones, the running back, so such a great, talented running back, right? The Packers have now. He is slated to have a cap number of twenty million dollars. And I read on ESPN that the Packers, this is from Adam Schefter, I believe, the Packers could save ten point four million dollars against the cap if they were to cut or trade their star running back. Green Bay also could save $16 million if it designated Jones as a post-June 1st cut. So, I, I mean, there's a lot more decisions than Aaron Rodgers. Would it be wise for the Packers to trade or get rid of Aaron Jones or to take that $20 million cap hit and keep that talent on your roster? You know, the way that the NFL is, is set up right now, the value of running backs have decreased tremendously. Mm -hmm. And, and very seldomly is there one go-to guy, right? Yeah. Most most uh, teams have running back by committee, if not two, three guys. Yeah. Um, so that number is going to be really, really high. And if and especially if Aaron comes back too, um, we talk about cap space and bringing the other guys. Uh, although the, Pack, the Packers really haven't thrived on bringing in free agents, you know, in, in, uh, in throughout uh, the past. But yeah. with that being said, um, that is a big number, and you do have AJ Dillon. Uh, on the other side and you know the draft is coming up mm -hmm. there's always young talent coming up there's guys around the league who you know are coming off injuries uh so that's that's definitely a big decision they're gonna have to make i wonder our nfl i mean so many running backs nowadays they have this great stretch and then like you said like it's just diff it's a different game and then by the age of like 28 29 30 teams are kind of like oh we'll take the 22 year old or the 23-year-old, and they just kind of recycle it that way. I guess my question is, do you think at some level NFL teams are missing out on having that? I mean, they're still very talented at 28, 29, 30. I mean, I know you get a lot of wear and tear, right? I guess maybe that's the main thing is that that wear and tear of, of the carries. But do you think that maybe the NFL is overlooking the talent of, of older, I'll use air quotes, older running backs when you're talking about late 20s, early 30s? Uh, I think so. You know, especially at, at running back, 30 years old, you're a dinosaur in the NFL at yeah. 30. 
I remember I, I got to Philly when I was uh, when I was 32, and just right out right out the gate, my nickname from the guys on the team was old school. 32 years old. Oh, I'm old school. Old school. I was like, damn, I'm, I, already I'm old. So that was my nickname in Philly for two years, old school. So I get it. At 32, um, I, I, I think the value is more cerebral at that age. You know, you're not going to wild. You're not going to get any faster or any stronger. You're on the downside of your, your athletic career. Mm. Um, but the mental side of it, when, when Andy Reid signed me late in my career in Philly, especially my last year uh, in Philly, we lost Super Bowl 39 to the Patriots. I was there more as a guide to some of the younger guys. You know, I remember there was a situation in the locker room where there's about to be a big fight after a big game. Mm -hmm. And if it got out publicly, it would have been a mess. Mm -hmm. So I broke the fight up, made sure the media didn't get a hold of it because they were out they were on their way in the locker room. And I thought to myself, that incident right there, breaking up that one incident was worth Philly bringing me in for one whole year. Mm -hmm. Just because you got a mature guy in the locker room who understands what that kind of stuff will do to a team, especially if the media comes in and gets a hold of it. Wow. So there, so the meet that were they like moments away from like knocking on the door and opening up to, to questions? No, we were in uh I mean, it's it, when I was with Philly, it was Donovan yeah. McNabb and, and Terrell Owens. Something okay. happened on the field. Um, yeah. There was an argument over a play or something. I wasn't on the field at the time. Brian Westbrook was a running back uh, on the field, but anyway, we get off the locker room and we were playing in New York. And I, if you've never been in a locker room in New York, you can see there's, they're like, portable lockers that they bring in, which is kind of ridiculous wow. for the Meadowlands at that level, which is yeah. why they have a new stadium now, because that Meadowlands is terrible. Um, you can see the reporters' heads walking in over the lockers. Oh, okay. And that's when they they were that's when they bowled up. And I was like, ah, we can't do this here. Not we just we just can't do that. You know, but I think that's that's the value of an older guy in your locker room, especially when guys obviously not gonna be as talented as you were when you were younger, but just that 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 maturity can 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 save a lot of problems and headaches. Isn't that funny to think you were 32 years old and they called you old school and you're the old guy on the team when if you were a quarterback, you could have 15 more years, right. more, <laughs> a decade more right. left. And now at that position. Are, are there any 30-year-old running backs in the league right now? I'd have to – how old is Derrick Henry? He seems to be getting older. Here, let me look up Derrick Henry's age. Is he the oldest? Um, He's 29. Wow. He's, he's going to be that 30. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure how many 30-year-old yeah, running backs. Just thinking off head, I, I can't think of any any guys who've been they've been around that that long. Yeah. What was it like playing with T.O.? T.O. was, man, T.O. is a great talent, man. He's a great talent. He's a great person. Um, Terrell. Terrell's a great person. Terrell. Okay. T.O., the alter ego, that was, that was, that was something different. That was okay. something. And it, and it was weird because – He's the coolest guy in the locker room. We play dominoes after practice every day. You know, we we just we we vibe. Everybody was, you know, as a team. We were cool. Uh, and then you you know you go home, turn the TV on. You're like, what? Where did that guy come from? Like, well, I don't even know what happened. But he has, yeah. Like I said, To, yeah, T. alter ego is what is what gets him in trouble. But but Terrell, the guy, yeah. coolest fan. I always thought that they gave him uh like he got a bad. What's the word I'm looking for? Like he, I always love T.O. and like, what are we getting upset about? Because he likes to celebrate. Like, that's the number one thing that a lot of people. I can't believe he celebrate. Who cares? It was funny. Like a lot of, I loved his celebrations. I, I don't know how you felt. But I loved like. No, yeah, yeah. So did I, especially when we were on the same team. So I, I loved it. <laughs> sure. I, I couldn't get enough of it. 
<laughs> absolutely man i loved i loved the sharpie i loved uh i loved all those things um you ready for some random questions dorsey sure okay random questions how did you get into acting because i know you've been part of tv series uh in the past how, how did that come about uh being in green bay not having anything to do um <laughs> So I became, I, I mean, I was already a pretty big movie buff before I got to Green Bay, but I had a lot more time to watch movies in Green Bay than I would have been some other major city. And when I, and I just got curious. I was like, I wonder what it would be like to take, to be on the other side of the camera. So probably 1999, I started taking acting classes. Um, and, that's, and that's how I got involved. Wow. What's the number one thing they teach you in acting class? What's the number one thing if someone wants to say like, hey, you know what, I kind of want to do some acting. You got to be believable. Okay. You have to be believable. That's the biggest thing. People have to believe that they have to buy whatever you're selling, whatever you're saying, you know, and, and, and you have to be, it's, it's weird because you kind of, you have to bring yourself to the table, mm -hmm. but it's like a version of yourself for that character because oh, you really don't sure. deviate outside of who you are. Yeah. So you just be you, but how you think this person would act if he were you kind of like Terrell versus T.O., right? You like go. you find that other person. Right, exactly. Right? Okay, okay. Um, what's your favorite TV show you're watching now? Do you get a chance to watch TV shows, stream some shows? Um, my favorite TV show I'm watching right now, you know what I really like is Fantasy Island. Fan Wait, is that a remake? The remake with Rosalind Sanchez. I love Rosalind Sanchez. Oh, oh my God. What is um, that? <laughs> Hold on, Rosalind. On, I, on, I watch it on Hulu. I think it's on ABC. Okay. Um, but it's it's a remake of the original. I mean, there's no there's no tattoo or Mr. Rourke or none of that stuff. Um, but I enjoy that. You know, I try not to watch a whole lot of drama and stuff. You know, I, one of the things I didn't tell you about earlier, you asked me what I, I have a mindset training company called oh. Remind, and it focuses on uh changing your perspective and changing your view on the world. Yeah. So a lot of it is mindfulness, being being aware of what what you think about one, but also what you ingest, not only through your mouth, but through your senses, your nose, your eyes, your ears. So what are you watching on TV? So I'm very cognizant of what I watch on TV because too much of anything, especially violence, shooting and killing, it puts us in a different mindset. You know, and, and, and the, goal of my, the goal of my program is peace of mind. Yeah. So if I'm always watching fighting and killing and arguments and drama that goes against what I'm trying to accomplish as a person individually. So. Um, I don't watch a lot of a lot of violence and stuff like that. I just I just don't. No. I used to big yeah. action guy back in the day, but now it just it's 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 swimming upstream for me if I do that. No, that's interesting. You're right. You feed your brain a bunch of garbage, it's gonna, you know, you are what you yeah. eat kind of a thing. You are what you consume. Exactly. You are what you ingest. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. So this mindset train, I'm sorry, what's the name of the the company? Remind. It's called Remind, the school of life. Remind. That's Remind interesting. Remind is a play on words because part of it is uh, a lot of times we just need to be reminded because what happens is, uh, especially when we get emotional, you know, when we get emotional, uh, you don't think straight. So the first, the first step is to realize, to be aware that you're emotional, right? And once you're aware, then you kind of talk yourself off the ledge and not be um, as emotional. But um, it's, it's helped me tremendously, man. Like just, just from a mindset, just the way you approach life, you know, it's just, my stress levels have gone down a hundredfold. You know, I, I don't, 
I haven't, well, I take that back. I blew the horn at somebody last week. But prior <laughs> to that, I haven't, I haven't blown my horn in a car in like a year. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just a different, it's just a different mindset and a different way of looking at the world. So you're not stressed out all the time. Man, I love that, man. People get in their cars and everybody gets stressed out. And the guy in front of you or the gal in front of you cuts and you're, and you're like, why'd you do that? You know, and everybody gets so upset. One thing I, man, this was the greatest thing ever. Once I was driving in Madison uh, on the Beltline and somebody cut me off and I was, you know, I was like, God, what an idiot, blah, blah, blah. And, and the guy, like I, I pass him and the guy goes, my bad. And that like squashed it all. It's one thing. If anybody's listening, try it sometime. I've done it before now because that guy did it. He's just like, my bad. And all that anger is like, okay, you took responsibility. We all, we all screw up. All good. Um, how did you, how did you get into mindfulness? How long have you been into this? Um, I, I've been in the self-help. I've been reading self-help books since my rookie year at Green Bay. Okay. Once I got out of college and I could do some, some free reading. So and then I started doing some leadership development here for a company called Empowerhouse. We were doing it in the corporate space. Um, but then I, I decided to go off on my own and develop my own program, um, just in my own words, from my own point of view. Uh, and, and that's and that's how I got there. You know, and we talk, it's funny, because Atlanta traffic is bad. Like, it's always bad. Right? Yeah. It's, just, it's just the norm. What I talk about my programs, let's normalize normal. So the sky is blue, right? That's normal. Do you ever get mad at the sky for being blue? No. Right, because you can't change it or you can't control it. Same thing with traffic in Atlanta. There's six million people here. There's traffic every single day. That's normal. So you shouldn't get mad at what's normal. Mm. And people drive bad, right? Just, I, I probably drive too, too fast because everybody around me drives too slow, right? Yeah. People are always on their phone. Uh, huh. I, I like to play a game. I like to make, make it fun. So whenever somebody's driving crazy or all over the place, they're either distracted, a foreigner, I forgot what the third one was. Uh, I can't remember, but there's okay. always there's always something going on. Right. right? And, and you don't know what people have, have gone through. I don't know if you've been in a car crash. I don't know if you've skid off the road before. Everybody's drive drives different, especially in Atlanta, it's a melting pot. People come from all over the world here. People drive slow, people drive fast, people cut people off. I cut people off, people cut me off. That's normal. Right. So instead of getting mad and angry when it happens, go, oh, you know, what? I knew that was going to happen. You know why? Because it happens all the time. Because there's six million people trying to drive all at the same time. There's yeah. Million, I saw I saw a guy, a, a guy get out the car a couple of months ago, and go, he, like at a light and go up to the car in front of him and bang on the window. I'm like, dude, like that's what are you doing? You're gambling there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and my thing is, you never know what people are going through. I, you know, you, you might be coming from some place where you just got some terrible news and you're just not in the mood and I come banging on your window. Anything can happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, so yeah. long story short, the goal of my program is peace of mind. Yeah. And banging on somebody's window in traffic is not going to give me peace of mind. <laughs> no, I like that perspective of looking at those things like you don't get mad at the sky because it's it's there. It's normal. It's it's you can't change it. Just you can. There's certain situations for sure. One thing I've been doing lately I think you'd appreciate this, Dorsey, is I got on this whole dopamine kick, okay? I got on what it is, you know, baseline levels of dopamine, what spikes your dopamine, what lowers your dopamine. And so, like, you know, you talk about you're aware of what you watch. Man, I have cut my screen time on my phone down by 33% one week, 25% the next week, and it just keeps lowering and lowering because that's another thing that that adds to this, 
you know, your tension span, your focus, what you want to do, how you react to things as you, you mind you mindlessly scroll on your phone, man, because there's an endless amount of this is fun. That was fun. Here's a dopamine reward for your brain. And then your brain just gets used to that. And you don't get it from exercising. You don't get it from doing things. You don't get it from breathing. Don't get it from being mindful. So I've been on this whole dopamine kick. I've been trying to put my phone down. I've been trying to watch less TV. I've been trying to all the things that you do too much of stop doing those things so much. Yeah. Here's, here's how I've changed my perspective. Uh, I focused on what's important, right? What's important now, the acronym WIN, what's important now? Focus on, and I ask myself when I'm doing something, when I'm on Twitter, when I'm on Facebook or uh, or Instagram, most of us aren't where we want to be in life, right? We have ambitions, we have aspirations, we want to go a little bit further than where we are right now. Mm -hmm. So ask yourself, the next time you're doing something, is this helping me to reach the goal in my life? The, the, the things that are important to me, does this have anything to do with what's important to me? If not, what are you doing? You're wasting time. And, and for me, I feel guilty now because my mindset is like, you know, if this is not helping me move forward, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, focus only on what's important. Just focus on what's important and let the chips fall where they may. But there's 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 so many distractions and we focus on things that just don't matter. Yeah. 90% of what 99% of what that is on your phone does not matter. And then you find yourself, and I'm sure this happens to everybody. And, I'll find myself looking at people arguing about a topic and now I'm deep in the rabbit hole of reading what everybody's saying and now everybody's angry and I'm reading angry thoughts and I'm getting this angry vibe to me. And, and then I've done a way better job over the last year probably of saying, what am I, why, why, why am I here in this, con this conversation has nothing to do with me. I'm not going to change anyone's mind. I'm not going to change anything. It's just going to lead me to another hour of getting frustrated about people's opinions on things. So when I find myself, it happens. You find yourself, you're like, nope, I know exactly what I'm doing right now. And just swipe up, throw it away. Don't don't go back to it. Yeah, and, and, and here's a perspective I use on that. You know what? Everybody's got an opinion, right? Everyone has a right to an opinion. It could be stupid as hell, but you have a right to an opinion, right? So mm -hmm. I'm going to let you have your opinion. I don't care what it is because it's not important to me. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not important to what if 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 my job was uh, an opinion reader, then that would be important to me. Yeah. Right. Your opinion on any um, on anything. John, I, you seem like a cool dude, but I don't care. <laughs> I just I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> totally get it. Totally get it. Uh, a couple more random questions for you. That's awesome. So that's called Remind. If Remind, anyone yeah. wants to, to hop on Google and, and check out Remind. I love it. You meditate. Are you meditating? Do you meditate? Uh, I do. I do every morning. I have a, I have a um, uh, a pray, meditate, read. Sometimes read, meditate, but that's every morning. Start my morning like that. Yeah, makes you just feel better. Put myself it? in the right main, uh, mind frame. I got some affirmations that I read as well. You know, just to start. You got to start off. You know, you got. That's why it's called remind because you got to remind yourself constantly that you got to think about what you think about. Yes. You can't let your thoughts go unchecked. Yes. And I love that, you know, the whole, one of the concepts of that is right. Is like, you just, when you lose track of what you're thinking about, you go back to the breath, right? You go back to in and out. And I think that helps in these other situations we're talking about. Like you'll say, Oh, I'm really angry right now. I've got to, Oh, you know, I'm caught up in this social media thing. I got to stop. And just going back to that, it kind of reminds you to go back to that what's path. Yeah. yeah. And I think what's important. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, so Remind is the name of that. Um, you tra- in college, you you went to Notre Dame, then Georgia Tech, and you transferred. Yeah. The transfer rules nowadays for college oh athletes, they <laughs> didn't transfer two, three. I, I uh, just to give you background. I call uh, women's basketball games uh, for Wisconsin and volleyball matches for Wisconsin. And oh my gosh, like nowadays, like people, it's, it's a free agency in college and you just, you get to go the next season. There are some players on rosters where they've had two, three different teams. They're on their fourth team now. It's, it's totally different than when you played. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think about that now and, and guys too, they get like, uh, like the quarterback from Georgia, uh, uh, Stetson, ben, uh, what's his name? Bennett, Stetson like Bennett. 26, 27 years old. I'm like, dude, you're like a fourth year <laughs> in the NFL. You're playing with these kids out here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it is, man. It's, um, you know, I, I, I wish, obviously I, I shouldn't say I wish things were, were different because we can't go back and change anything. It is what it is, but mm-hmm. I, I am excited for the young guys, but the NIL stuff, as well as being able to transfer and move freely um, because it really changes the game. It changes, Mm -hmm. it changes everything. Yeah. I I like that. I like it from the perspective of this is the athlete's life, right? Like this, this applies to transfers and NIL. Um, You have a limited amount of time. Like if you want to go sell some t-shirts, sign some autographs, take some money from somebody for, for playing, like, this is your opportunity because in four years, you're not guaranteed to be at the next level. So go get what you can get. Plus the transfer thing is like, why would we want to hold back someone from being happy in their life? You know, like maybe they're not happy in this situation. They want to go try something. And now we're saying like, no, you are not allowed to go do something else because, because why? Like let them live their lives. So I, I, I like where it's at right now. I mean, there's some still hurdles you got to navigate through, right? Because, you know, the, the, yeah. the Alabamas of the too. world might take advantage of this, but um, but I just like it because they get to do what they want to do. Let them live yeah. their life. And back then too, when I had, when I transferred, I had to sit out one year, right? Before I, yeah. before I was eligible. Um, and then, so when I got to Georgia Tech, Bobby Ross was the head coach. The year I sat out, the following year, he took the head, co- head coaching job with the San Diego Chargers, right? So a new coach comes in, Bill Lewis from East Carolina. He runs a run and shoot. Johnny Blue a wide receiver my junior year. Wide receiver from a, because there's a, a coaching change. Mm-hmm. I would have left if the rules were like they were today, I would have left again. <laughs> yeah. Right? I would have left again. I'm like, I'm not doing my wide receiver. What are we doing? Yeah. And his his reasoning was, well, you can catch better than other running backs and we need some more wide receivers. So out there you go, flanker. Wow. You know, but it is it's yeah. that I that wasn't fair to me, you know, fair, unfair, whatever, it doesn't matter now. But uh-huh. I think now it evens the playing field for the players. Yeah. Now, if the coach doesn't say what he, he doesn't do, what he says says he's going to do, and lying, lying is rampant in college football and recruiting. Um, but now, if you don't play like the coach says you're going to play, you can just you can just go ahead and move. Just go ahead and just find a different situation. Um, okay, so you were on Oprah Winfrey once. Huh. <laughs> Back in the late '90s, I, I, I googled an Associated Press story, and one of the lines, paragraphs from the Associated press was uh levens was inundated inundated with flowers i think i'm saying that wrong with flowers and love letters after appearing on oprah winfrey's talk show last fall he discussed how difficult it was finding a girlfriend who wasn't after his fame and fortune number one what was it like being on oprah winfrey because i mean that's a she is a mega star uh and number two 
what was the reaction truly like? Like how many people, how many women reached out to you and, and with letters and whatnot? So I didn't, I had no idea the impact that Oprah Winfrey had at the time. I didn't watch, I didn't watch Oprah. Sure. You know, I watch, uh, I watched Jerry Springer. <laughs> yeah. Jerry yep. And I remember my, my, my publicist called and she goes, listen, uh, they're doing a show on Oprah and they want to talk about how hard it is to find someone who truly loves you for who you are after you've already established yourself in the NFL. So I go, nah, I ain't doing that. I was like, listen, if I get on that stage and some woman comes out there and says that I'm the father of her kid, <laughs> it's going to be a problem. And it, it took my publicist two days to convince me that that's not what Oprah was about. You know, because back, back then yeah. there was nothing. The internet, you couldn't get on it. You couldn't look up an episode and see what was going on. You had to wait for Oprah to come on the TV. <laughs> right, exactly. So I didn't watch Oprah, but I did watch the other smut TV talk shows, and it was always some garbage. Yeah, yeah. So I declined. I got, I, 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 once I decided, I was like, listen, any shenanigans, I'm, I'm, I'm walking off the set. I just want to let you know. Just walking yeah. off the set. So anyway, it goes off fine. Everything is cool. Um, the response was overwhelming. Because I, like I said, I, I didn't know, I didn't know Oprah was as big as she was. And for probably two weeks, every day when I got to my locker, not every day, every afternoon after practice, that's when the mail came and they del delivered it to our locker. Actually, they didn't deliver it. We had a mail, we had a mailbox room, but because I was getting flowers and candy and teddy bears, it, they couldn't fit it. In the, so it was all in my, and, and listen, the guys gave me a hard time, as they should have. I would have gave me a hard time if I was on a, I was on the outside looking in. But they benefited from it because I would give those guys the flowers and stuff to take home to their wives, oh, their sure. girlfriends, right? Because I was single. I didn't have any mind. What am I going to do with flowers? I don't they look like the good guys then. <laughs> right. So it was uh, – I remember we had a voicemail box set up at the, uh, at the uh, stadium for all the players. That was full every day for a month. Wow. Um, I probably got 5,000 letters, pictures. Uh, Ironically enough, I remember at the time that the majority of the women were uh, older women who were divorced with children. Oh, okay. They were looking for a daddy for little Timmy, I guess. I don't know what I don't know what they were looking for. Uh, <laughs> but that was that was the majority of, of of what of what I got. It was it was a great, wonderful experience. Uh, yeah. It, it was it was it was more than I thought it was going to be at the time, though. Definitely, I wasn't. I I didn't know what I was getting into. Can you imagine if you were that age now and you went on Oprah and you had Instagram and Twitter and because you're talking about it takes time and effort to write a letter and send the thing and blah, blah, yes. blah, and put the stamp yes. on. And now everyone would be typing. Can you imagine Email. what that would have been like? I'm so happy that social media wasn't around when I was younger. Oh. I'm, I'm so happy. It just, it, to me, it's just, it's too much. Yeah. You know, like we had some privacy back then. Yes. You know, I mean, we, we, it wasn't a lot, but it was a lot more than what they have right now. You know, I just, I, I, I'm grateful that I, I didn't come up in that era. You would have had 5,000 messages within an hour of the broadcast. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Millions of followers and the whole nine. Yeah. It would have been crazy, but you're right. So what would things have been like if social media was existed like it did today when you played? Like how would yeah, that it, have changed? It's, 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 it, 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 that changes everything. Sure. You know, everything, especially, you know, from a media standpoint, the player can kind of dictate his own narrative now. You don't have to worry about, you know, sitting in front of a camera and getting questioned. You can you can dictate your response to questions. You, you're in total control. 
Hmm. You know, and uh, but on the flip side of that, too, you're not gonna have a good game every game, hmm. right? You're gonna get people calling you all kinds of names and telling you you suck and that whole nine. So, I, I, like I said, I'm I'm glad that wasn't our time. Well, I think Quay Walker of the Packers didn't he leave social media? I think he left social media after the game against the Lions when he oh yeah shoved yeah. the trainer because everyone was giving him so much crap because yeah I, I couldn't believe what I, I can't believe imagine rather what it would be like to have a bad game be an athlete and have thousands of people tell you you suck right yeah and, and, and people don't care man people don't like they the perception is that people are on tv aren't human for whatever reason yeah and they don't have feelings or they don't care and and they can you know you you sitting at home with your keyboard you can say whatever you want to say yeah you know, and, and it can be the most hurtful thing in the world, and there's no there's not gonna be any repercussions. You know, and it's just that's that's the world we live in right now. I sometimes wish, as we wrap it up here, Dorsey, uh, you mentioned there's less privacy back in that day, and you're glad you didn't have social media. There are sometimes I wish I could just like live like the '90s in the sense that I don't have to have my phone on me 24 hours a day. And I don't have to ding. Okay, well now what's it saying? I wish I could just go back. Like if you wanted to talk to me, it'd have to be when I come home, you know. And then you check the answering machine. Like there's something about that that was a little less stressful, I think, where you could just go about and go into the wild, go into the, whatever you want to do, and then you come back and no one's bothering you and no one's tracking you and no one's asking you to do this. And then you get it and you're like, well, I guess I got to do this now. You used to get to do what you want to do. You know, yeah. I mean, your cell phone is literally a leash. Yeah, right. Sure. It's a leash. It's just, it's with you all the time, and, and it did. Take, I, I was talking. I got an eight year old son, and I was telling him, I don't even know. Like now, you just punch in an address on your GPS, and you, and you go. I'm like, man, you know what we had? We was like, and I, I, I gave him directions on how to get from my house to his mom's house. I was like, I would have to write this down. He goes, he's eight. He goes, yeah, that's too much. That's <laughs> that's just too much. <laughs> I'm like, dude, this is how this is how we got around. This is how we got around. Yeah, no and then phones, no GPS. I, I don't even remember how we got around without like like without GPS. This is crazy. You'd have to ask somebody, or you look at the map, or you ask somebody, and they'd be like, "Turn right up by the thing, and then yeah. go a couple miles, and you'll see something on the right hand, and then that's the first left." Like that's how that's how I remember. Oh, yeah. Or you get lost, you got to stop at a gas station, or or use or ask the department, the gas guy, where which way to go, or call somebody at the phone booth. Back sure. then, because you didn't have a cell phone. No, no. And then, man, and then if What's anybody wanted to bother you, they'd have to be on your terms. They'd have to leave the message on the phone. And you come home and play the thing, and well, it's too late to call them now or whatever. Or, or, or if we go back even further, remember uh, when we didn't have call waiting? When if you called and somebody was on the phone, they <laughs> you just got to just got to wait to get off the phone to call. You just got to call back later. Call back later. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah. yeah. No answering machines, man. That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah I didn't have an answering machine until later on. And is, I don't remember what it was, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. You'd get that busy signal. Now it's just, you just, yeah. You can always get in contact with somebody. Uh, man, Dorsey, this has been fun. I appreciate you talking some Packers, talking about, uh, you know, your spin class, remind, everything. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. There you go. And you can check out the, Green and Gold G Lounge with Dorsey, with Amon Green, and with Gilbert Brown. You guys are always every week, right, talking Packers? Yep, every week, every week. And we're, we're everywhere. We're on Sirius XM, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, iTunes Radio, I believe, too. We're all over yeah, the place. All over. Just type it in on your phone, and you'll find them. You'll find them. Dorsey, thank you. John, thanks for having me, man.
All right, cool. There you go. That's former Green Bay Packer running back Dorsey Levins here on the John Cast Podcast. That was a really fun conversation. Uh, thank you to Dorsey and thank you to you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Ian's Pizza with those three locations in Madison and Milwaukee. Stay tuned. We got a new promo coming up with Ian's Pizza. That should be around shortly, hopefully. Cross your fingers. JohnCastPodcast.com. Go sign up for the newsletter. Hey, a rate and review. I would love a rate and review. I'm begging for a rate and review. No, I mean, if you can, it'd be fun. It'd be good. Um, once again, thanks to Dorsey and thanks to you for listening to this edition of the John Cast Podcast. Goodbye.